2: Hello, darlings all. Welcome to Tom Reed Wilson Has Words With, where I invite a celebrity chum to share their unique vocab and take on language with me. It's my wordy podcast. I'll be talking with friends from around the UK and beyond, exploring their lives and their landscape of language. My guest this week really has done it all. Sports mad and a veritable action man, it's Radzi chin Radzi burst onto our screens presenting Blue Peter in 2013 and had all sorts of wonderful adventures before leaving the show in 2019. He co-presented the ITV game show Cannonball and reported on Paralympics, the Winter Olympics and the 2012 London Olympics, which we all remember so fondly. Now he's backstage interviewing wrestlers for WWE. I'm having palpitations just thinking of that. There's just so much of them. His mum is from Scotland and his dad is from Zimbabwe. But he was raised in Wolverhampton, so there's much to discuss when it comes to language. I began, as ever, with a bespoke poem. A boy from Wolverhampton dreamt of skeleton bobsleighs. He trained until he learned to set those icy tracks ablaze. But when Olympic dreams were dashed without procrastination, he set out on a different course with grim determination he moved to cut his teeth in the arena of presenting. And lo, this talent found his opportunities augmenting. Shining on Blue Peter paved the way for songs of praise, and soon guest spots abounded, even on the crystal maze. But the one that made me gooey one dark Thursday night was his turn on question time with dazzling insight. My biggest crush... Please be the Oberon to my Titania, or beauty to my beast, my darling Radzi Chinyanganya. That was incredible. Thank you very much. It was total love juice, that poem,
3: <laughs> that flowed through my quill and proceeded onto my page. Do you know what's really lovely about being here is that you spoke about my essentially my opportunity in skeleton being dashed. That was genuinely my Olympic dream that didn't happen. Yes. But what then did happen was through doing public speaking at school, which then manifested itself into university, which manifested itself into production work and latterly presenting. Yes. It's all come via speech. And so now to discuss speech, which has been so instrumental to me being here, it's coming full circle. So I'm excited. Oh,
2: it. It's so satisfying when you've got that prism as well. And you can say that facet contributed to this. and Totally. But I get the impression with you, Radzi, that nothing is ever done by halves. So it doesn't matter what really the skill is. It's going to take 100% of you. You're going to pour yourself into it.
3: Yeah, I do. I've got that trait. And I think it comes from my mum. So my mum, actually to be fair, my mum and my dad. So my mum is from dundee in scotland and my dad came over from zimbabwe again in the 70s met my mum but that was to go to oxford university because he decided he wanted to essentially aim for the moon and so he went to oxford university studied got a degree worked for the nhs and so that work ethic is something that's hopefully instilled in me and whether it's been in sport that i failed in or broadcast that i'm making progress in That's something. If you apply yourself to something, if you put your name to something, you've got to give everything. Well, we've gone
2: right back to the beginning with you. So let's stay there as we get regional with
3: Radzi. Yes. Radzi,
2: where do you come from?
3: So I was born in Oxford, but I was raised in Wolverhampton. Ah, so are you a Wolfroonian? Yeah, so it's an interesting one because I don't sound like I am but I am very proud to come from Wolverhampton. Very yes. proud. And even though my voice doesn't sound like I do. So I, being born in Oxford, essentially developed my, my language and my way of speaking there. And I, n- I never really let go of it. Uh, when, when my parents were together, my dad was alive. I remember somebody came over to our house and said, I've never seen this before. And that's because there was a Dundonian accent from my mum. Yes. A Shona accent from my dad a black country accent from my sister and arguably an Oxfordian accent from me. But that was just the norm. Just the richest tapestry. What a heavenly cocktail. Right.
2: So here we are in Wolverhampton and in your home you have your lovely mother from Dundee. Yes. And your father from Zimbabwe. Yes. Were there phrases that
3: you perhaps inherited that they'd retained so my dad actually taught me to speak Shona when I was very, very young. Oh, ratty. But unfortunately, because there was no one else to speak to other than family members, that eroded so quickly. And I'm now left with just very base words. What are the nuggets? That so you Mangunani, for example, means good morning. Oh. Um, uh, Masikati is uh, good evening. Uh, my totem is called Gushungo which means crocodile. That's the image of the totem in question.
2: Oh, I see. Um,
3: but from my mum's side, there were, there were a lot of random things like the heel of the bread. Oh! which some people, the tail end, sort of. Right. Yes. But so I, and I only discovered this at uni when a mate of mine who I was living with, Will, said, I'll oh, make sure you save me the crust. And I said, "But all slices of crust. He went, no, no, the crust at the end. I'm like, oh, you mean the heel? He said, the what? And I turned to everyone as though he was the idiot. I went, like, hey, guys, the heel. <laughs> and they all looked at me with blank faces.
2: Well, I have to say, she has identified a kind of logophile's hole, hasn't she? Because there isn't really a word, because we do double up the crust, I think, down south. We say
3: the crust meaning the last bit. Totally. But also the whole surrounding. I'm glad you agree, Tom, because and I was livid when I found this out. And then I called yes. my mum and I said, I said, mum, I've just had a conversation with Will who thinks the heel doesn't exist. Is that a thing we made up? And she said, no, 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 no. That was, it's the heel. She went, oh, right, it's a Scottish thing. Next time, tell me, mum. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so hard to dissect when you've grown up with it, isn't it? Totally. And that was just, again, part of how we spoke. Wolverhampton,
2: tell me, what sticks in your mind? What phrases stick in your mind
3: from there? So let's start off with hello. Okay. So we might say, hello, Tom. How yes. are you, Tom? But in Wolverhampton, we'd say, am ya? how am you?
2: How am you?
3: So it's, I think it'd be, so, ha- how am um, ya yeah, Which can be condensed so quickly Yes And so be it right, am ya? And oh I love that It's tough to understand
2: Oh it so contributes to the music doesn't it Because it's it melodic. just sort of rattles
3: along So Wolverhampton's got a very melodic sound Yes And a lot of people want to do black country They don't want to have the melody that goes, God really. I adore it when
2: you do it I
3: adore it when you do it. And actually, I've been listening, or rather, I've been watching Peaky Blinders. Yeah. The accent's so off. Is it. It's so off. But the reason they get away with it is who knows what they sound like 120 years ago. Yeah. So it works because I love hearing a West Midlands accent on TV because it's seldom the case. Yes. And so and especially me, I sound like a fraud anyway. So the two things I always mention in an interview is Wolverhampton, because no one else does, and my mum. Yes. Because no one else does. Yes. And even Liam Payne, he was in one direction. Never mentions Wolverhampton. He's some, he went to the same school as my sister. He was the year above her. And Oh, it's egregious. Who's flying the flag but you? I know. There aren't many of us. Corner Shop. Do you remember Brimful of Asher?
2: Oh, yes. And Wolverhampton. On 45. Brim Everybody, needs a, for a Everybody needs a bosom for a pillow. Everybody needs a bosom. Oh, I loved that. That's really my vintage.
3: Then it's what else is that? Things like... Rather than saying darling, it would be bab. So we might say, rather than Tom, it might be, allow bab, which I presume must be short for baby or babe, I presume. In fact, it is because they'll say, that's right. This is getting me excited. I guess
2: you are. You're coiled spring. I can see you.
3: So I said to a friend of mine called Chris, who's recently had a child, he said, I got a bab now which means I've got a baby now. I have a, ch- a young child, which so the conversation went something along the lines of "A'mya, yamoroid, ja, right. I got a bab now." Now, if you heard Whereas that,
2: your mum, I suspect, when you came along said, "I have a wee bairn." No. Correct. Exactly what she says.
3: I do not know what that comes from, do you? So a lot of I know a lot of the Scottish nuances come from Scandinavia. So things like My grandma would have said bra laddie. And bra is a Swedish term meaning good. And so you get a lot of that there. Then there's also how you say goodbye, which would be.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
3: Tara in a bit or Tara Oh,
2: now that I do recognize.
3: See, I, I didn't the first time.
2: Because of Scylla,
3: really? Scylla Black, legend. Tara Tar- Yeah. <laughs> What's your name and where you come from? <laughs> and the annoying thing about blind date was yes. the voice of God, Graham, yes. he used to enunciate it as two separate words. Because you go, it's blind a date. Okay. Nobody <laughs> says that. You say blind date. No D. Date. Ah, (laughs) it used to kill me that. I
2: wonder if you could educate me. Because my knowledge of Wolverhampton turn of phrase is somewhat limited. Okay. And my wonderful producer, Rue, has done some homework. Okay. And has got a little collection of phrases. Right. And I might need your help. So,
3: Boston... So it's not a town in Link- in Lincolnshire. Would that be Boston? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All <but> the states, <laughs> indeed. Yes, Massachusetts. Yeah. So Boston is when something is awesome. Ah. So you'd say that's Boston. Oh, and- oh Ratsy, I love
2: your. Right? Oh, can you do a whole sentence in that accent?
3: So with Wolverhampton, it's sort of it's very melodic. So it goes it up is, and down. So you a lot you a lot of like loik again i'm saying loik now, but it's it's very i mean the first time i ever met somebody from wolverhampton yeah. was when we moved there it was an ice cream van driver and i asked him for a twister yeah so we didn't have a lot of money but for, we'd moved to wolverhampton radzi can have an ice cream from the ice cream van so can i have a twister and he responded and my mum's from scotland i thought well it's we're too south for him to be gaelic i said ah, oh, sorry i don't speak welsh I did not pick up a because single of the undulating, word. Which is the
2: same. You're right. It's the, you. You were responding to the music of the accent rather
3: than the vowels. Totally. And so it's and then certain words. So Boston wouldn't be how I would pronounce it now. Is Boston. So almost a U sound. Yes. Um, but it's a real exclaim of something that's incredible. So that's that's awesome. That's Boston.
2: Oh, oh, what pop. about clarting um, about?
3: Now, I've got two potential options for this. Mm. So, this could come from a West Indian parlance, which could be a ras clart. Now, clart is what they would call cloth. And you have two types of cloth in that reference you have blood clart. Which is blood cloth? I tampon, and I right. have cloth which would be uh, a cloth that you'd use to wash with. Essentially, let's be polite oh, about. Oh, I it.
2: see, like the old eau de toilette. That's
3: so, right, that kind of cloth. Yes. So therefore, if you are. A rass clart, you are quite literally the, the implement used to wash. You are totally insignificant and nothing will feature on you other than the dirt, the disused dead oh, skin of a man. So I think in that context, clarting about would be to mess about. I see. Oh, gosh. Now, if it I'm It could wrong, always be
2: a portmanteau too, couldn't it? Of clowning and farting about.
3: Oh, I like that. That, that's the new one: clowning and farting.
2: I think yours is bound to be. When you
3: accurate. squeeze your nose, it makes a sound.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually want to finish on names because oh, yeah. Chin Yanganya. Yes. I mean, in this country, with old English names, yes. they tend to be connected to professions, which is really, I think, rather boring and. Chinyanganya, I've read, means freedom lover, joyful, hardworking. Do you consider yourself all these things? Is it a que- question of what we call nominative determinism that you might oh, then nice. grow up and, and be all of those wonderful things?
3: So I wouldn't, again, normally sp- say this, but I will in this scenario because it, this is about passion for language. So my first name, Munyaradzi, or as my dad would have pronounced it, Munyaradzi, yes. means peacemaker. And that was basically because I think there was pressure on him to have a kid. And therefore I was that piece that was brought. So it, Oh. but then to add a bit more context to it is in the same way, your name's Tom, short for Thomas. I presume it's short for Thomas.
2: Yes, yes, indeed it is. Very
3: Seldom would you hear somebody called Mass as opposed to Tom. Well, I am that conundrum. I am that anomaly in this. Because if you went to Zimbabwe, you'll hear quite a lot of Munya's. But you don't take the radzi. That happened because it was essentially anglicised because just by osmosis, I said, my name's Munya Radzi. And I went to seven different schools. And in the third school I went to, on the third day, funnily enough, sounds like it's the prelude to Christmas, on the third day, um, (laughs) I was radzi. And then it stuck and it should be pronounced uh, radzi. So it should be an R rather than a pure A sound. With a road Exactly. Radzi. And then Chinyanganya is actually pronounced. So in Shona, that language N-Y-A is Nya. And N-G is ng, So it's Chinyanganya.
2: Chinyanganya. So
3: ch- it- chi.
2: Chi. Nya. Nya. Ngan... Nyan. Uh,
3: nyan. Nyan. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I, I learned to spell my name when I was five, courtesy of my mum on the phone saying, so it's spelled C H I N Y A N G A N Y A. And I remember a teacher saying, how do you spell your name? And I'd go, C H I N Y A N G A N Y A. And if they said, so is that C H I? No, no, no. It's C H I N.
2: Don't send me back to the beginning.
3: Oh, darling. So actually, I'm very proud of my name because it comes from my dad's side of the family. It comes from Zimbabwe. Yes. Um, it There's a totem that's connected to it. So in the same way on my Scottish side, on my mum's side, I'm, I wear the black watch tartan because my grandad fought for the black watch.
2: Oh, I see.
3: So in the same way that that's the case... The equivalent in Zimbabwe is you have a totem, and my totem is a crocodile. So that's where the Chinyanganya part comes from. And, so, and there aren't many of us. Oh, sorry, there aren't and, many of them in Zimbabwe. Well, and you're just about the only one of you
2: because it's been modified. Totally. Well, I am delighted that you are
3: my only Radzi. <laughs> <Nicole. laughs> Thank you. You broke the mould. Would shall I tell you a secret? In every way. Go on. I was going to be named Tom. True story. Oh, gosh. So, my middle name is Thomas after my uncle. So, I would have been, we would have been two Toms. Tom, would Tom. You'd have
2: been a SatNav. Correct.
3: <laughs> Going in the right direction together. And yet, even without a Tom, Tom, we found our way to each other. Totally. And I love you. Can I just ask, yes. Before do. we end, yes. Where does your passion for language come from? Because I'm sure you've asked other people that. Uh, well,
2: I'm delighted you asked. It really was my father who was very, very late to fatherhood. And I was an accident. And he didn't really know how to speak to children. And the result was he spoke to children perfectly because he didn't have another channel, if you like. So we had to kind of ascend to him and he would use polysyllables everywhere. And we just had to Uh. kind of try and race to catch up. And then I thought, All these words are utterly delicious. And he also fed me a steady diet of the most wonderful literature because he was an English teacher. So I was terribly, terribly lucky.
3: And do you ever feel pressure in the industry that you work in to reduct the way in which you speak?
2: No, quite the reverse, because I've just had this tsunami of love saying we love it and... um, sort of, please keep going, which I never expected. It's so benevolent and so warm. So, um, and the thing is, I don't think it should be an elitist thing. I think that it's the great currency that we should all have totally. access to. And so my mission really is to spread it around like manure, <laughs> very That's... liberally and encourage growth of land. Totally. And thank you so much. And to Ra in a bit
3: to bit. Thomas been a pleasure
2: I've loved it Oh wasn't he divine He was and you you're very fond of him I can see that <laughs> very fond of him I'm just sorry for the listeners that this is just audio because The contours are many. (laughs) And those Malteser eyes.
3: Mm. Well, I I must say that we'll have a photograph up on your Instagram and on your Twitter. What actually what is just so people can know and they can see what our what our lovely guests look like. What's
2: your Instagram again? It is at Tom Reed Wilson. Is there an at on Instagram? I'm such an ignorant. Yes, I think so. Yeah. is <laughs> <You're a scattered laughs> And your Twitter is? Uh, my Twitter is the same. It's... Read like Read a Book and Wilson like the tennis ball, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Or the whole company. <laughs> They're not just balls, are they? Do <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, talking to Radzi. And apropos his strong Olympic association, Mm -hmm. got me thinking about the word Olympics. The original Olympics were held in the 8th century Mm. BC in honour of the great god Zeus. And they were named after Olympia, where they took place. Can I say something else about those Mm. Olympics? Oh, yes, please do. I have a feeling that those Olympics were in the nude. Mmm. I think you're right. You know, they did used to wrestle. There was wrestling, discus. There's a few sports
3: around that trace all the way back, but I've got a feeling it was all nudie.
2: I also think that that's where cheesecake comes from. Cheesecake? I remember reading that somewhere that it was fed to Olympians <laughs> and very, very fine athletes. <laughs> it's the last thing you'd want if you were naked, certainly if you were me. No, but I mean, cheesecake and nude athletes, that's a perfect <laughs> afternoon, isn't it, really? Let's lick it off them Who needs plates? Please Tom I'm so sorry <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode Remember it's but one olive in the tapenade Please rate and leave a comment if you could I would really love to hear from you And in the meantime Oodles of love This has been a Monkey Kingdom And Acast production